The hardest thing over the process was giving up that license because the world as I knew it ended. You have to walk into someone's house and say, look, I, I do apologize your particular loved one has passed away because of their job, but we can't tell you why. I can go to anything up to 30, 40 funerals a year. You're still losing friends. You're losing family. It's really, that's the industry we've got. Have you ever started a job that then became more than just a job? How does that shift happen from just collecting the paycheck to actually living your passion? And then if you're forced out of that job that is more than a job, is there a way to stay connected with all those things that give you purpose? I'm Mary Bolling, and this is CQ University podcast, How to Change a Life. And this episode, when a Queensland truck driver hits tragedy, how he rebuilds his life around getting better answers for the trucky family he loves so much. Hello, everybody. I'm Darren Delaney. I am a doctoral of professional studies candidate at the university. I have the privilege of saying every one of my undergraduate and postgraduate degrees have come from the university. Uh, I started life a very long time ago as a professional truckie, so we can all change and we can drive change. And my doctorate is based on that professional experience and history. Way back in the 80s, it's a happy accident that Darren first falls into truck driving. And it doesn't take long before he's all cylinders firing. I was a delinquent brat kid of 18 on a motorway, was working in this big high-profile law firm in the Sydney CBD. And I thought, oh, bugger it, I'm just going to take some time off. So I took the bike and I packed it up and I just went wandering across the country. One night I ended up about 150, 200 k's off the Northern Territory WA border and I just stopped at this small town. And the barman there said, oh, you know, you're a young bloke, you're strapping, you're fit. He said, do you want to make some extra money? And I thought, well, why not? You know, someone's throwing money at me. I'm 18. I followed him into his, his station and in the front yard was which dirty great Mac Superliner, jet black, three massive chrome fuel tanks on each side, and it had this the on the airfoil, which is that little bit on the, the top of the trucks that you see, that had this massive lightning bolt, and it just stood out. It was just sort of like this appealing work of art. And I just looked at it, and he said, "Can you drive that?" And I said, "No, I just want it." <laughs> So uh, I had a two-week crash course on how to drive a superliner. I had no idea, but it was fun. And I started then we started driving B-doubles and triples from the station up to Darwin. And from there, I just the trains grew and the loads grew. And that was my introduction to the industry. Darren's new life is big and powerful and exciting and it's vital. As the bumper stickers say, without trucks, Australia stops. While trucks are just 5% of the traffic on our roads, transport and logistics is a $100 billion business and everything from food to health to retail industries would fall over without them. And it doesn't take 18-year-old Darren long to realise that this industry is also extremely dangerous. I mean, I was carting nearly 130, 140 tonne of freight. That's probably three or four B-double loads. Uh, you do tend to become more conscious of how much power you own. Uh, slamming the brakes on, 
these massive vehicles, you might it takes you a kilometer, a kilometer and a half to stop. Uh, you do understand how how dangerous it is, not so much for yourself because you're protected in this giant vehicle and all these huge lumps of steel. One of the worst ones I had was I I learned many things when I was driving trains is never try to outrun a cyclone. Apparently, it's not good for you. Uh, the, the the wind gusts actually picked up my truck uh, and moved me two and a half kilometres like I was standing, and I was just hanging onto this thing, a grim light. Uh, I've also been run into, one of the trailers got run into by a full mob of red kangaroos, and we flipped. When people say you have accidents, the world seems to slow down. Uh, the last trailer I could see in the mirrors started to tip, and it seemed like forever. And then I just went over. <laughs> it is it is a dangerous job, um, so it's a hard job. It's it's tough life. When I first started driving, I was gone for six weeks at a time. Several thousand tonne of vehicle, that was home for weeks on end. It's a tough job and it is a hard job and it does take a lot out of you and you have to be sort of committed and passionate enough at the same time to do it. Even 30 years on from that first truck experience, you can tell Darren's still got passion for this gig. So what's driving that passion? While it was the shine of a superliner that got Darren in, it's definitely the community that's keeping him there. I can quite happily say I've seen the country. My professional driving career went for 13 years. Um, Over that time, I had probably 1.3, 1.4 million kilometres under my belt, which in the grand scheme of things works out about 16 or 17 times around the the coastline of Australia. I, I, I could see the country get paid for it. And it's just that thrill you... You get to meet thousands of people. You get to meet some characters. And the industry, despite the fact that we're all isolated and solo operators, or mostly, we're all this giant family. So it's that family, those decades of connection that Darren lives for. And that makes what comes next even tougher. I was diagnosed in 2001 with a 10.5-millimetre tumour in my right eye. I accepted the search. I accepted the decision from my surgeon. I accepted all the rules and regulations. The hardest thing over the process was giving up that license. I was devastated because the world as I knew it ended. Uh, yes, I was lucky. I, I mean, I won the battle or maybe depending on your point of view, but I had the radiotherapy. I survived. I'm still here and I've got two lovely children out of it. And We've recently, my wife and I have recently celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. So, so you know, there were a lot of benefits, a lot of positives out of the whole affair, but it's still those days and those that, that day walking into the, the licensing office and saying, I can't do this anymore. I have to downgrade and I did all my tests and I got me, I kept the car license, but I did all the tests and proved I could still see properly. But it was a very difficult decision to make and it was heart-wrenching. Darren doesn't leave the transport industry though. He moves into off-road support. But in that new role, there's more bad news. Very short time later, I lost my my closest friend and my mentor. Um, Frank was coming up from Melbourne into Sydney and 
delivering some freight that one of the clients I was assigned to, uh, Frank had a massive, he had a fatal heart attack as he came out of Albury. Uh, Frank's last obviously conscious decision was to take his B-double over the ledge. Instead, so he actually forced the truck to go down a hill. Um, whether he obviously, yeah, because the, the the choice was take his own life, lose some freight, or to take another car. So, um, and he made this in microseconds. There's, so he's actually pulled the whole steering wheel. So he's just gone straight down the cliff. Twenty years later, Darren is still shaken. And heartbreakingly, the trauma doesn't end there. A very short time later, I was supervisor and one of my my drivers that, I, again, I've known, I used to run up and down the highway with, I was, I'm was i godfather to his two children. Uh, he was over in, he was going from Melbourne into Adelaide and one of the, there was another truck coming over from Adelaide to Melbourne. At the same time, Don got up to Shepparton and the other truck came over the hill and wiped him out. It was a massive head-on collision with two fully loaded B-doubles. Darren is heartbroken, but it's not just his loss he's got to deal with. From his Sydney home, he hits the road to deliver the news to Don's family personally. I always promised my drivers that if they couldn't make it home, their wedding rings would. Isn't that just a scary phrase? Uh, they all knew that I cared. Um, but yes, unfortunately, and they knew at the end of the day that whatever happened, I would be there to tell their loved ones and their far parents, their kids, that unfortunately they, that was it. Um, but yes, it's guilt. Yes, it's grief. Yes, it's a lot of things. But I still live with that. How do you tell someone so young, because Don's, my, my godchildren were 18 months old and three. How do you tell someone so young that dad's never coming home? Those two events, I think, shaped my doctorate. So it's taken 20 years to get that evolution of thought process. This is Darren's thought process. If you're telling people that a loved one is dead, you should be able to tell them why. But now with more than 30 years in the industry, Darren knows that too often that just doesn't happen. Frank was, unfortunately, he was written off as, you know, driver error and medical reasons. The accident with Don and the other driver, again, driver failure. Um, It was found that the other driver was under the influence of various narcotics, which is unfortunately a side effect of our game. So they were written off automatically as drive error, but I was sat there and said, this is wrong. Something has to be done to stop this. To Darren, driver error is a cop-out. He sees countless factors contributing to those driver error accidents. And until those factors are considered, he's worried the number of trucking deaths will stay high. Unfortunately, we're one of the few industries where there's at least 25% of all fatalities that come up with no known cause. That is completely wrong. Something caused it, something created this whole cycle of events to make a fatality happen, but the coroner and the police and all the other investigative agencies come up with, they come up with no answer. You have to walk into someone's house and say, look, I I do apologise, your particular loved one has 
passed away because of their job, but we can't tell you why. Darren's been carrying that frustration for more than two decades and you can hear it in his voice. Despite the pain, he's still working in trucking and he's got a new focus on making the industry safer. I started sort of moving into that safety arena. I mean, I got given the the task of the safety advisor at a particular company I worked for uh, because A, my manager didn't have the time. I won't actually repeat what he said, but he was a Navy quartermaster sergeant. So you can actually, you can add lib at leisure. Uh, so, so can our lovely listers. But he just said he couldn't be bothered. He didn't have the time. And, you know, surely uh, amongst the other stuff I make up and do, well, I can do that too. So there was my introduction to my new career. My logic was there's a certificate force and diplomas and advanced diplomas and everything, and most of those most of those vet go into degree. Surely there must be a, doc a degree in occupational health and safety. That was my that was my research plan. So I I literally just typed it into the computer uh, by sheer luck on the I think it was on the top of the first page. CQ University popped up. So that started that, and that was 2011. <laughs> Darren's laughing because in that decade since, he's packed in a serious amount. With CQ Uni, he's done a Bachelor of Occupational Health and Safety, a Cert 4 in Training and Assessment, a Graduate Certificate in Advanced Safety Science Practice, and a Master of Advanced Safety Science. His passion for study takes him by surprise, but it's not the books that are driving him. Darren is realising how research can actually help change the industry and get the answers he needs. So as Darren tells it, the ink wasn't even dry on his master's certificate when he applies for his PhD. I had this great wisdom and that probably came from my actual my research topic to make an accident investigation framework resource that the entire industry can use so we can actually find out the truth behind the accident sequence. And then I, st then I started looking and went, I wonder if it exists, can I work on a template? No, I found aviation, I found maritime, I found rail, and surely there must be something. And I, and I discovered there wasn't really a, a, a dynamic of this nature that worked on the truck industry. There was nothing to work from and find out what caused, it, what caused or created the events that led to the accident, not just do what we all do and blame the drivers. Darren's preliminary research proves what his gut and his experience is telling him, that there are big gaps in how truck crashes are investigated. Uh, my first thought was typical <laughs> because that's pretty much what we get. You know, it is too much and I see it too much. And it's not so much I'm saying it's it is disappointing, but the, the guidance and support that the academic world are giving government and policy makers, they don't actually understand the business, which is probably where I'm a little different because I, I, I've lived the business from all aspects and I understand the business and how the, the, how the industry works from the other side of the road. And yes, truck driving is dangerous. Yes, there's a lot of freight, there's a lot of conditions you have to concern yourself with, but there's a lot more to the industry than people actually give us credit for. So Darren's giving himself a voice and he wants more voices like his to help make roads safer for truckies and for everyone else. He's currently surveying truck drivers about their experiences and crash investigators about their processes. 
the theory goes, at least my grand plan, because uh, I have a few of them, <laughs> uh, to get this framework out to build a proper national investigation branch for the industry. Currently, the transport, the Australian trucking industry doesn't actually have an investigation branch. Uh, the ATSB, which is the Australian Transport Safety Bureau, for those that don't know, yeah, doesn't actually investigate truck accidents. They deal in planes and rail and maritime. So we don't actually have one. I want to actually make one just purely for ourselves. Um, the Australian industry is probably one of the biggest in the world. We have nearly this, there's a million trucks registered on Australian roads currently this year. And there's probably around seven or 800,000 drivers. So it's a very it's a very big industry. It's the the transport industry's net worth is eight. Its last figures I saw was nearly nine percent GDP. So it's a it's a massive budget and it's a massive income stream to the Commonwealth and everything else. Those are some big numbers, and as Darren says, they prove the importance of making trucking safer and sustainable. But it's another set of numbers that Darren's more worried about. I can go to anything up to 30, 40 funerals a year. You're still losing friends. You're losing family. It's really, that's the industry we've got. This needs to happen. And I, uh, if I take the words of someone I've ever, who I've known for the best part of 25 years, he said, I'm the only one smart enough, dumb enough and mad enough to pull this off. <laughs> You can tell that's a combination that Darren's pretty proud of, but there is one more thing motivating him. Just like what got him through the weeks at a time on the road, all the horror moments and so much heartbreak, Darren's got as much passion as ever. I've never lost the industry. I mean, I think I did step away for some for a period of time because I thought I had to get my head back together, uh, but I've never lost the industry the reason I climbed behind the wheel all those years ago and today and making this research project, the passion is still there, the drive is still there and that I care too much about the people on the road and I understand sort of more about them and their families and making change is a difficult concept but I understand the people I'm making change for and I can argue that and so I think the passion and that drive has still is still from that as a as a brat kid of eighteen staring at that superliner saying I want <laughs> it's it's never it's never stopped and I don't think it ever will. I want to make this industry a better place to be. I can't stop the accidents, but at least I can find answers. That's Darren Delaney, former truckie, PhD researcher, and passionate advocate for making his beloved industry safer. If you drive trucks, he'd love you to complete his survey and the link is in the show notes. You've been listening to How to Change a Life by CQ University Podcast. Theme music is Wings by CQ University alumnus Tristan Barton. You can check out more of his work at tristanbarton.com. If How to Change a Life has got you thinking about where you're headed, we'd love to hear. Follow CQ University across social media where you can see highlights from all our episodes and subscribe to How to Change a Life wherever you get your podcasts to hear a new story fresh every Monday. If you've enjoyed the show, we'd love you to rate and review us too. Next episode, 
how the traumatic story of her own birth inspired a Nepali woman's career in midwifery, and how she got out of the birthing suite in a bid to give new mothers more support. And what I remember and that it struck me the most is that when my dad took my mum to the hospital, he said to the midwives that, well, not really, ma'am concerned about the baby but I really need this mother to be alive because there are three young children at home. Daddy stays in my head all the time. (laughs) Till then, stay safe and have a life-changing day.